the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You see, we live in an era today when many people have been told there is no God. And we're nothing more than an evolutionary accident of nature. We're merely a more highly developed life form of no significant distinction from the amoeba or whatever it was from whence we came. There is no purpose. There is no plan. Just meaningless existence for a brief time, and then we cease to exist. That's what many people are taught, many people believe today. That did not come from the Bible. I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like a pretty hopeless thought process. This is Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout, and he is continuing his study in the book of Matthew and the message shared by Jesus Christ we call the Sermon on the Mount. Verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, or maimon. So what Jesus here is asking is, who is your master? Who is your master? Is it God, or is it something, or someone else? There's an old adage, if you're worrying, you're not trusting. And if you're trusting you're not worrying. Uh, Worry and trust are mutually exclusive. As light dispels darkness, trust dispels worry. And if you're worrying, then you're not trusting. And if you're not trusting, then you're not serving God. One of the great scholars wrote, we commit sin when we worry. We do not trust God when we worry. We do not receive answers to prayer when we worry because we're not trusting. The Apostle Paul wrote, Do not be anxious, do not worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Where he's always wrong when it's misdirected, disproportionate, or indicates a lack of trust in God, and that's what Jesus is focusing on here. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Since life is, is more than just food and clothing, our attention should not be concentrated on those things. Now as we read this, we need to be re- reminded that Food and and clothing are not really an issue for most of us. Most of us usually don't go without a meal unless we choose to. And we have plenty of clothes in our closet. But in the people and the era to which this originally was written and spoken, that was not the case. In the original language, the command, do not be anxious, includes the idea of stopping what you've already started. Stop worrying and don't do it again is what it means. And the word here for life, don't be anxious for your life, the word for life is an all-encompassing word. 
It involves the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and other aspects of our life. Jesus is referring to life in all of its fullest sense. Now, concerning this verse, William Barclay wrote, we must begin our study of this passage by making sure we understand what Jesus is forbidding and what he is demanding. The authorized version, King James Version, translates Jesus' commandment, take no thought for the morrow. Now, strange to say, the authorized version was the first translation to translate it that way. Wycliffe, who preceded, had it, be not busy to your life. Tyndall, Cranmer, and the Geneva Version all had it, be not careful for your life. And they used the word careful in the literal sense of full of care. Careful, full of care. The older versions were, in fact, more accurate. It is not ordinary prudent foresight that Jesus forbids. It is worry. Jesus is not advocating a shiftless, thriftless, reckless, thoughtless, improvident attitude to life. He is forbidding a careworn, worried fear, which takes all the joy out of life. The words of William Barclay. So in this passage, Jesus sets out arguments and defenses against worry. And he points out, in uh, verse 26, that God gave us life. And if he's given us life, surely he's going to sustain the life that he gave us. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Now, the point that Jesus is not making here is that birds don't work, because birds work very, very hard. The point he's making is that we shouldn't worry. Birds don't find their security in storing things up. And he says, aren't you of much greater worth? And the you here is emphatic. He's, he's using a style of argument here from lesser to greater. It was oftentimes used by the ancient rabbis and wise men. He's saying, aren't you more valuable than they? Humans are the crown and ruler of God's creation, and their needs receive appropriate attention from God. That's what Jesus is saying. You see, we live in an era today when many people have been told there is no God. And we're nothing more than an evolutionary accident of nature. We're merely a more highly developed life form of no significant distinction from the amoeba or whatever it was from whence we came. There is no purpose, there is no plan just meaningless existence for a brief brief time, and then we cease to exist. That's what many people are taught, many people believe today. That did not come from the Bible. Listen to the words of the psalmist. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him. Yet, you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. And crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion over the works of your hands. And you've put all things under his feet. This is Psalm chapter 8. The psalmist begins with comparing mankind with the power, glory, and majesty of God. And he says... When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, we walk out today, we're going to be warmed by a sun that's going to light our way. 
we are told that that sun is the equivalent of a billion hydrogen bombs going off every second. And God put that together and keeps it together. And that's not the only sun he's built. He's built billions and billions and billions of them and keeps them all running. In fact, ours isn't really an outstanding sun. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, what is man that you even think about us? How puny we are. We're fragile. We're weak. We're not all that smart. Not when you compare us with God. What is man that you even bother to think about us? What is man that you are mindful of him? And then there's this word, yet. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion over the works of your hands and you put all things under his feet. The Bible tells us that humankind is the pinnacle of God's creation. No other creation is described as being made in the image of God. We were created by God to rule over his creation under God and enjoy a personal relationship with God, walking and talking with him in the cool of the day. But mankind chose to rebel against God, partaking of that forbidden fruit. And that introduced into creation, into this world, disease, decay, violence, and death. I don't think there's a week that goes by when I don't hear somebody saying, well, if God was really God, then why is this world in the condition it's in? And they're talking about death and disease and decay and so forth. Let me tell you that God is not to blame for this world being in the condition it's in. Mankind is. Mankind chose to introduce death and decay into this creation. And God could have said, well, that's the choice you made. You live with it. You die with it. But God, in his grace, his mercy, and his love provided a way of salvation for us through Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior. And if God has created us and redeemed us, is he not going to take care of us? Verse 27 And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? The uh, King James Version says, can add a cubit unto his stature. There's two ways that this verse can, or there's two meanings that that we can derive from this this verse. Um, The cubit was a measure of length. And it could be either a measure that we would apply to the quality of life or the quantity of life. Now, we are integrated beings. We have different aspects to us, but all of those aspects affect other aspects. Uh, We have a physical aspect, we have an emotional aspect, we have a relational aspect, a spiritual aspect, and that's just to name a few. And all of these aspects interrelate with one another. For example, if I come down sick, if I'm physically ill, I, I, I disconnect Relationally, I don't feel like hanging out with people. 
Even people I like to hang out with, I don't feel like hanging out with. And because I am a people person, when I'm not hanging out with people, I kind of get emotionally affected. I miss them. So we're interconnected. These different aspects affect each other. Uh, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11, he, and he warned that those who abuse communion, which is this, relates to a spiritual aspect, can become sick and even die, which relates to the, our physical aspect. Our spiritual condition affects our physical condition and vice versa. Well, we'll have to pick it up from there when we come back with the next edition of Study Verse by Verse, which will be on Monday. At this same time, you're listening to a broadcast outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. They have a website at highlands.us and can be reached by phone at 650-873-4095. You might like to check into on the website or ask about when you call the service times this weekend. If you're looking for a church home, we would love to see you this weekend. All the details are on that website, highlands.us. US and make sure you let Pastor Layton know that you listen to the broadcast. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed weekend and we'll see you Monday when we once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse. <laughs> 